a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. It's time to get outside. This is KSL Outdoors, brought to you by Bear River Lodge. Two hours of stories and information on hunting, fishing, and high adventure. Our host is Tim Hughes on KSL News Radio. Welcome in to hour number two and the final one for another week. Tim and Russ still in studio here. Hope you're enjoying that first hour, but uh, the second hour we've got still a lot to talk about. Heck yeah. Anxious to talk with uh, Chris Urkela, who is the mountain biking manager at Deer Valley. I showed you the pictures of how yeah. much snow is left up there. Unbelievable. Uh, we got guy, and I don't know who it is that's pictured there uh, by the skid steer or whatever it is they're using to dig yeah. those trails out in some cases. He's uh, standing there with his arms straight up in the air, and the snow is above that. And he's six foot something, yeah. Yeah. So uh, we'll let Chris explain what's going on. They do expect, if you're a mountain biker, they do expect that they'll have some trails up and running as you listen to this here on Saturday morning. Actually, I think they're uh, planning on having them open on Friday. So we'll do that. We'll go uh, road tripping with the boys, Mark and uh, Bob. They're going to talk about things that are finally open, including... Uh, the ramps at uh, Bullfrog, Bullfrog, which I don't think they've been able to launch boats for a couple of years now. So that's great news, too, awesome. and all because of the winter we had. And then uh, wrap things up with Roger Eggett from Bear River Lodge. Right now, though, uh, it's our usual chat with the Division of Wildlife Resources. Tanya Kiefer Selby is with us this morning. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning, sir. We made contact. This is great. I, yes, I, I always, it is a great time of year, It's taken six months to do it. But. <laughs> well, no, I, I always feel like we talk more often because I follow you on Facebook. And by the way, you're bringing yes. up that child right, loving the outdoors oh, already. But my children, uh, I'm very blessed that they actually like it. I try not to force it on them because sometimes, you know, they can go the other way. They've got a mind of their own, but they seem to love what mama does. So they get to come along whenever they want to. Well, and they seem to, at least my kids were, and I know, Russ, this is a case with yours, too. uh, They enjoy the fact that they get dirty and you allow it for days. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. There is no prima donna lifestyle in this sort of field of work, Tim. So <laughs> we uh, we love getting dirty. We were out last night until midnight in the dirt trying to find owls. And, you know, hopefully we'll turn people on to some ospreys coming up here, uh, here real soon. Yeah, tell them what your title is now with the division. So I'm the conservation outreach manager here out of the Vernal office. So I cover all of northeastern Utah for all of your public relations and wildlife event related needs. Yeah. It is the best job cool. in the world. I don't know if anybody has a better job than me. It's the best job. It really does sound like it. Russ told me at the top of the hour. Yeah, I, confession. Uh, Tanya, you may, you may be as surprised as I was because yeah. he spent a, a significant amount of time I've, outdoors. I've you said you've never seen an osprey. No. <gasps> Listen, okay, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait, don't shame me yet, okay? (laughs) I I have floated the Green River from Green River Lakes down to the confluence. Yeah. Then you've seen an osprey. I'm sure I must have. Are they that close to looking like a bald eagle? Uh, They don't. I mean, they 
have a whiter head, yes, white head, brown body. Yeah. So, yes, they hover along the river. So that's one difference. You will see bald eagles yeah, along the river, but these sure. guys will hover in flight. So I, I, I assure I you, you have seen one, <clears throat> sir. You, I'm sure you have. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't they call these things, I've heard them called seahawks or fish hawks. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Fish eagles. Yep. So these guys have a variety of different names that people know them as fish hawks. As, you know, sea eagles. There is such thing as a sea eagle. They just don't exist here. Um, but they are like our true fish hawk in North America. They are our most consistent mm. fishermen. Um, they rely almost con- exclusively on a diet of fish. And if you float down the Green River, or any of those sections um, along the Green or any big body of water, most often you're going to see these guys hovering, looking for their next meal. Mm. It, it kind of ticks you off because you're standing there or floating there trying to catch fish, and these guys are just mm-hmm. having success every time they do a do a nosedive into the water. Big dive, yeah, they are yeah. super successful. One in every four dives, they say that they catch a fish. They have those talons that are specifically evolved to reach down in the water and catch fish, and they can be very cruel when you're suffering as an angler trying to <laughs> hook that big brown or a nice big yeah. cutthroat, and they just take it right out from underneath you. They also will follow you sometimes because they know that if you throw a fish back, they have a better chance of maybe snagging a, you know, a free meal. So they are pretty, pretty fun to watch and just such energetic, beautiful birds, especially up at Flaming Gorge. So we're really hoping that you and maybe Russ and anybody that wants to come from the public can join us on Saturday, July 8th. At our Osprey Viewing Day, we would love to have you up at the Flaming Gorge Dam Visitor Center. The dam, that dam visitor yeah. center. Uh, <laughs> no, this is my favorite Whoa. dam topic. <laughs> you know, as much as we brag about uh, the eagle population that we have at uh, Farmington Bay, yeah. which is amazing, and, and mm-hmm. pe- some people will go through their entire lives without seeing an eagle in the wild, but we've got that uh, blessing in our backyard. You're telling us now, uh, I was reading anyway, that one of the largest populations, not just in Utah, but maybe in the western U.S., is right there at Flaming Gorge. Yes, yeah. We have very large breeding colonies of osprey. Um, Ospreys will return to their nest year after year. And so if they're born at Flaming Gorge, there's a good chance that they will, once they pair up with a mate, return back to that same location and also nest. So in a lot of the locations where you're boating or where you're hiking around Flaming Gorge, you will see osprey nests everywhere. They are literally everywhere. And right now, you can hear the shrieking sound of the osprey mothers and fathers, you know, calling to their chicks as well as calling out before they dive into the water and then taking those fish that they're capturing back to the nest. And some of those nests can be as wide as 10 feet, like like long, like they're crazy. And they'll build the nest year after year. So on some of the pinnacles at the gorge, if you look, you'll see that there's just a big stack of sticks. Well, that's that osprey just rebuilding its nest over and over again. This uh, fact sheet, this uh, press release that Faith sent us, talks mm-hmm. about how far they will fly. Where do they go? Yeah. And and they do they always stop back here? I guess if they've nested here, they'll always come back. Yeah, so they, they don't like the winter, just like, you know, snowbirds don't like the winter. They're going to try, because they're a fish eater, when our waters ice over, starting from Canada all the way down to as far as, you know, whether it's southern Utah or, you know, Arizona, New Mexico, they're going to migrate to warmer locations during the winter months because they need fish to survive. So if anything freezes up, they can't, you know, they aren't going to have food sources. So they're going to travel, you know, very, very long distances down to Mexico, down to the Gulf, you know, maybe as far as the northern tip of 
Central America and South America. So they're going to go where they can find fish to eat. Uh, but then again, they return once the once the winter weather has you know moved on, which is you know took forever for Utah, like you guys said. You know, there's still snow up it up on the resorts. Uh, they the, these birds have come back in full force. I was at Flaming Gorge last weekend boating myself, and there were osprey everywhere. You couldn't miss them. Like you could almost throw a stick at them. There's just so many. Well, they say they have a lifespan of somewhere between 10 and 15 years. So if you do the math on that, uh, in their lifetime, they might log more than 160,000 migratory miles. That's crazy. Yeah, that is crazy, right? And it's fun to know that our birds are willing to travel back to the Flaming Gorge area. And if, it, you know, for 160,000 miles, you do that in a 10 to 15-year breakdown. I mean, that's a long distance they're flying to maybe go stay in the tropics for the winter season and then come back home to us. So it's crazy. I know I've been on days when the fishing was absolutely terrible and we just put the rod and reel down and watch them fish for a while. It's uh, it's relaxing, Mm -hmm. actually quite entertaining. Yeah, they are a very beautiful bird. So if anybody wants to come see them, you know, we're going to have spotting scopes and binoculars set up. July 8th, which is a Saturday from 9 to noon at the Flaming Gorge Dam Visitor Center. Uh, you know, it's a really cool spot. We catch a lot of tourists that just happen to be passing by, you know, getting a tour of the dam and checking out the scenery, maybe doing a big float down the Green River. Um, we'll provide the spotting scopes and the binoculars. You know, we encourage folks to bring their own, but we would love to point out the nests that are literally right there off of the dam um, itself. And then we'll hopefully see some birds uh feasting we often see quite a few of those ospreys circling around us and hopefully there'll be some other birds like some great blue herons or uh, maybe some golden eagles and some turkey vultures there for folks to see too tanya Kiefer selby your energy is it's uh <laughs> refreshing it is refreshing <laughs> yeah. Ooh, i, I, like I needed a little shot of that time. today yeah uh thanks so Heck much yeah. Yeah, thanks, guys. We'll see you out there. Thanks a lot. All right. We will uh, take another break here. Thanks for listening. Uh, When we come back, road tripping with the boys next. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent. It was senseless. And I will never understand it. I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. You hear the Willie song, and it is time for us to get back out on the road, do a little road tripping with the boys, Bob and Mark. On the road again. And it looks like, Russell, we've got a lot of ground to cover here because (laughs) we do. they wanted to focus today on things that are now open in Utah. It's a pretty big list. It is is a big list, and it's uh, mostly good news, too, because a lot of these things haven't been open for a while. Bob Grove, good morning. Good morning. Mark Wade, hello. Hey, good to have you back in the country. 
Your list uh, right off the top is something that Russ and I have already talked about on a couple of occasions this morning, and that is the main ramp at Bullfrog Marina yeah. is open with, uh, what, 60 feet of new water down there. Finally, they're able to launch boats, and Bob, I don't think it's been open for a couple of years. No, it hasn't. Uh, last year, the water was so low that the main ramp wasn't anywhere near it. They had the north executive ramp open, which is con- continues to be open. So now the main ramp is open. They've got the north ramp open. And the condition, I mean, the, the lake has just come up so far. It was It's coming up a foot a day. And things are looking for looking really good for a wonderful uh, lake season. Yeah, it really is. And I know people that, you know, frequent Lake Powell and maybe haven't been able to get their boats in for a while are just giddy about this. I am a little surprised, Mark, to see that Zion Narrows makes your list. We didn't think that had happened until July. They opened it. We were we were thinking that, oh. weren't we? But it looks like the uh, the flow of water is down low enough that the park feels comfortable with people wow. walking up river again. You and I and Bob have been been up that way together and and you get your rubber shoes on and your walking stick and it's ready to go. But it's got to be higher and running faster than when we were there, certainly, right? And colder. You would think you would think so, but uh, it's also it's going to be a little cooler too, probably because there's still that that snow coming off the mountain. So yeah, yeah, it'll it'll be it'll be a little bit of an effort, but it's worth it. I saw an article uh, somebody wrote about uh, talked to boaters up at uh, I believe it was Jordan L, maybe it was Pine View. But they were talking about how cold that water is right now. <laughs> you know, you might be able to get your boat out there, but whoo, you better wear a wetsuit or something because it's cold. Um, we were talking about Bullfrog Bob not being open for a couple of years. Weeping Rock, I think, has been closed longer than that. Yeah, Weeping Rock is open this year. You know, they had that massive landslide off of Cable Mountain in 2019, which has kept Hidden Canyon and the uh, East uh, Rim. Uh, observation point trail closed but they did reopen weeping rock this year so that shuttle stop is operating and you can get to weeping rock but the other trails are still closed i know they had to plow mark uh, the mirror lake highway roger said something about that last week from uh, the cabins at bear river lodge but he thought it was open all the way across is it we've just checked on the udot uh, notifications and it looks like it's open all, it's open all the way through now and I'm sure Roger is happy about that. But uh, people wanting to get up into the Uintas and up into the forest and up to the upper Provo Falls, it's all ready to go. What about wildflowers, uh, Bob? What are you hearing about uh, wildflowers popping yet? That's been great in the deserts. Uh, on my recent tour, the flowers were, it looked to me like a super bloom. I don't know mm-hmm. if it's been declared that, but boy, I tell you, the wildflowers in the desert have been phenomenal. And they're going to be coming out here real quick in the high country. Usually July is is the uh, peak of the wildflowers up in the high country. It might be a little bit later this year because of the winter, but we're expecting a good wildflower season up high as well. Yeah. Uh, Beaver Canyon Roadmark made your list. Bob and I were were there just a few days ago, in fact, and we went all the way up to Puffer Lake, 10,000 feet. A lot of snow just around the area, but the lake is open. People can get up there and fish funny we saw some people hiking there at ten thousand feet they were walking across the snow to get a, a hike in the, the trail was open in spots but it was still maybe one to two feet of snow i don't know if either of you have had a chance to look at our facebook page but i posted some pictures russ is taking a look at them of uh what they're dealing with at least on some trails that they're trying to get open at deer valley for mountain biking <laughs> you, you talk about this the amount of snow in some of these places now this may be wind-driven, you know, and it might have a lot to do with some shady areas, but 
I'm still surprised at how much snow is up there. It's pretty amazing. Amazing that it's this late and they're still. Well, that where that fellow was reaching up, that, that makes that about 12 feet. Yeah. Uh, so some of these areas clearly, Mark, are not going to be open uh, anytime soon. I think there's a lot of people out there with picks and shovels trying to get those mountain biking and hiking trails ready. But, uh, you know, summer, summer should have started coming yesterday or this week, right? Yeah, yeah. Yesterday, well, as we as we sit here on Thursday, uh, the sol- summer solstice was yesterday. That's right. Uh, so summer has officially, at least meteorologically, has arrived here. What do you know, Bob, about Nebo Loop, if anything? Well, it's not open. Okay. <laughs> Mark will know. Mark Mark lives at the base camp to Nebo Loop, so he knows more about that than me. But I know he checked. And he goes up there quite often, and he mentioned, Mark, that you've been up there recently and it's not open yet. That's right. There's just some gates, some metal gates at each end of the of mm-hmm. the loop from the patient side, the Nephi side. And, uh, you know, there's some avalanches that have come down in some areas up in that area still. But but the, the road was washed out, and I think they're still working on it. Colob Road was one we were talking about, I think, this week on Utah's Morning News, that big rock slide that's causing some problems in your neck of the woods, Bob. Yeah, the, you can get as far as the South Fork of the Taylor of Taylor Creek, uh, but beyond there, the road is closed. They had some uh, big rock falls, and it's done a lot of damage to the road. Not sure when that will reopen, but, at, you know, the most popular trailhead to the um, Middle Fork of Taylor Creek is still open, and that's where most people want to go and hike anyway. Yeah, um, but there's plenty to do out there, Russell. Oh, yeah. I mean, if, if you don't want to go play in the mud, you know, there's always the West Desert or go south. Yeah. Go north. Well, that is part of the consideration. Even though some of these areas are open, um, and uh, Mark, you know this, you could run into some mud that you don't want to deal with, and you could still get stuck even if it's not snow. Right. Yeah, definitely. And uh, Bob and I have been stuck in plenty of places, and and whether it's snow, mud, or just uh, slick roads, you always want to be careful when you're headed out there. and. And use good judgment, but boy, we're glad to see a lot of things opening up. Yeah, that's a great list, though. I appreciate you guys putting that together this morning. Uh, Mark, tell them about your new Photog site. That's utahphotogs.com. That uh, Photogs is spelled with a G-S on the end there, like photography. So utahphotogs.com. And, Bob, they can still find you at Road Trippin', right? Yeah, they can. Road Trippin' with Bob and Mark.com. Thanks, guys. We've got a break for news on the half hour. And on the other side, speaking of things that are open, they are going to have some mountain bike trails at Deer Valley open by the time this airs on Saturday. But there's still a lot of work to be done, too. Can't wait to talk with Chris Urkula. He is the mountain biking manager up at Deer Valley. Stay with us for that next. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.